Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Darren Connell and this is Straight White Wheel. Before we get into the madness, Paul, how you doing? <laughs> that's that's going to look so shitty. <laughs> that's like one of the Bollywood movies that are dubbed. Aye, like the old Kung Fu movies. Yes. Aye. Yeah, that was a no bad attempt. That was all right. We'll see how it... <laughs> we'll see what comes out in the wash, as yes. Mama would say. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Paul's already said it, so I won't say it again. This is episode 49. We need to run through a couple of things before we start. Are you all right with that, Paul? Yep, let's do it. We are sponsored by Michael Burns at Lamb Solutions Limited. Michael Burns is a good friend of mine. He's a jack-of-all-trades, multi-skilled, multi-trade good guy. He does numerous things if you need some work in your house, such as your kitchen fitted, um, bathroom work, plumbing work. He does pipe work outside if you've got any drainage problems. Problems, And he's also, see, because it's this type of year now that the weathers get really bad, he cleans your gutters and he also washes your windows. So Michael actually told me that he's getting some extra work in. I don't know if this is because of the podcast. I don't know if it's just because he's good at his job. But see if you need a tradesman for your gaff. Tell him that you listen to this podcast. If you tell him that you listen to this podcast, he will give you a free estimate or he'll give you a discount. Trust me. He's my pal. We went to school with each other. I used to take ekkies with him. I'd die. <laughs> I'd die. I'd die for the cunt. See anybody that you've took ekkies with, mm-hmm. I'd trust them with my life. So that's Michael. I really hope he's Mosno listening to this. Michael Burns at Lamb Solutions, Solutions Limited. Also, I want to give a couple of charities a call out. Oh my God, man. <sighs> Robbie Williams. We bit a Leo in there. Darren's just seen himself on the monitor. That's yeah. why he's saying that. Because he'll be like, why the fuck that just happened? I am having a stroke. I'm like see Leonardo DiCaprio when he's taking a holiday and he doesn't have to worry about his weight. Uh-huh. That's me. Right. I'm that version. <laughs> so a couple of charities I'd like to give a cu- uh, shout out to. Um... Back on side, an amazing Scottish charity that provides therapy for so many people. It's normally kind of in the sports industry. Maybe young guys are not getting contracts with professional football teams. They're getting released. They help those type of guys or people that, you know, are struggling to get back from injury. I do therapy with Back on Side. Um, if you go on their website, and you check out what they've got. They've got so many numbers there from Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Gambling Anonymous. You can get Overeaters Anonymous. All this stuff is there and it's free and you it can help you or a family member or a friend. Also, uh, a couple of charities that actually mean a lot to me. Um, one is called Beat and it's the leading eating disorder charity in the UK. And the number for that is 0808 And that can help anyone that feels like they've got some problems with that stuff, like bulimia, anorexia, all that type of stuff. So get in touch. Samaritans as well. I've phoned the Samaritans. They've helped me. I would say they've saved my life. Google the Samaritans. You can get their number. So there you go. You've got the Samaritans, you've got Alcoholics Anonymous, 
back on side. So if you've been watching this podcast and you've been listening to what me and Paul have been saying about mental health and all that type of stuff, and you're curious or you're worried about yourself or a friend, then get in touch with these numbers and they will help you out. Does that sound all right? Beautiful, mate. That's not bad. Beautiful. Or you can come up to the campsies with me and Paul and Paul will charge you 80 quid and I'll just get in about your arse. That's my payment. Prostate. Aye. Put your horns up against two rocks, spread your arse cheeks without touching them and then I'll just get right in about your fart box. Darren will milk you. <laughs> He'll milk your prostate. That's like, um, I mean, I put up on the Patreon. Humble brag, we've got a Patreon. But a photo of me dressed up as Rasputin. Uh-huh. You, you know who Rasputin is, don't you? Yes. Like the mad monk. You know that he used to administer female orgasm as like a way of, like a sort of like spiritual healing ceremony. Amazing. He'd basically just finger birds. Finger blast birds. Aye. That's not bad. So not a right job, Anthony. Imagine you get a <laughs> job like that. Imagine walking up the campsies. Oh, I'm going to do some cold water swimming. They turn the corner and you're spreading one of our Patreon's arse cheeks as wide as possible. And I'm getting in about it. Mate, there's a mad. <laughs> it's only £8 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, an exclusive. We've set up a TP in the campsies. <laughs> Moan up. Um, mate, there's a mad creepy cunt. I, think, I don't think we've mentioned him on the podcast. I mean, you have spoke about him before that... I know that exists in Glasgow who's claiming to be like a fucking medium slash soothsayer slash fucking spiritual healer. And I heard a story for somebody saying that within the session that he did where he told her to break up with her boyfriend at the time and that he would take her away in a caravan to take mushrooms. And I was like, ah, pff, that sounds like he's fucking going to... Going to try and fucking rape you or something, man? What the yes. fuck's that all about, mad creepy bastard? You can show me a picture of him after it. I've got a feeling that I might know who it is. Ah, you probably will know who it is. Speaking about our Patreons, I'd like to give them a wee shout out, actually, and thank them. As you know, we set up this last week and it helps us cover the costs of the studio and everybody else is doing it. It's just the way of the world now. But you'll get extra content like we're going to the Stan Comedy Club on Sunday. We're going to film a live Ouija board with two kind of mediums, would you call them? Yes. Ghost hunters, uh-huh. Avon and David from the Ghost Hunting Company. We're going to get them in as guests, do an interview with them. That'll be free. And then uh, the Stan stuff and the live Ouija board stuff will be behind the Patreon. It's, it's the way of the world now. So, so far, I'd like to thank Paul Jolly, a very good boy. I used to take Ekkies with him. Most of the cunts that have signed up way is like, ah, I took Ekkies with him at the Wickerman 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> Really? Hi. So, Paul Jolly, how are you, mate? Thank you very much. Kerry, I'm dyslexic as well, by the way. So Shh, Kerry's going to need to tell us how to pronounce that surname. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing... McWitch. McWitch. I would go with Kerry McWitch. Kerry, if that's wrong, please correct us. Also, I like the classes and the mask combo there. Babe. How do you how do you go in and I mean I can see the wee profile picture. Can you go in and look at that bigger? No. I can't click into it. Fuck knows, mate. That's Patreon. I'm like see when it comes to like tech that I know, so mm-hmm. like the studio 
my MacBook, my iPhone. I'm like, whiz kid, and I'm like, ah, fucking, see when I download a new app, like, see, try to set up this Patreon. I was like an old man. How do you upload a video to this Patreon thing, Sharon? Where's the buttons? <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, where's the button for the, where's the Patreon button? So we've got David Bennett. Do you know David? I don't know David, but... Okay. Do you know it's one of those ones, I think it's such a common name. I feel like I might, but I don't know. But thank um, you very much, David. Aye, I, I can't, the DMs on the opening. You kind boy. MS, who, that was, she sent us a DM and so well what's her what's her actual name meg oh, here we go meg but we don't know meg's second name meg s thank you meg thank you meg also i've give everybody that signed up to the patron i've gave them free tickets to the funny bunch this is no boring chat by the way it's just the way of the world if you don't like this chat you can skip forward i skip forward five minutes Aye. Uh, james clark james clark do you know james and my school does he go to school Top boy. I never took an ecky with him, no. Okay. Adam Stockman. Yes, I know Adam. I went to the boys' brigade with him. Did you? Um, good boy. He was at the funny bunch, I B think he said B hello. B yeah. Fellow bum boy. What the hell? Hannah Bailey. Ha ha <laughs> 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 Hannah Bailey. Yes. Thank you. Good uh, we were laughing at you there, Hannah. We were laughing at bum boy, I think. <laughs> just the, the immaturity of two Glaswegians hearing bum and we just burst out laughing. <laughs> Michael Burns, not only a sponsor of the podcast, but a Patreon, yes. a patron as well. Uh-huh. What's the difference between Patreon, Patron, and Patron? Plans I don't know. Tequila? I, I'm not even making a joke now. Just, I'm genuinely wanting to know. No, it's aye, curiosity. Mm -hmm. Scott Donnelly. Scott Donnelly. Um, I do not know him, no. but we appreciate the support, mate. Thank you very much, Scott. Shaw Rooney. I thought that was somebody called Sharon Rooney, who's an actress. Right. And I DM'd her. She's in the new Dumbo with Danny DeVito. All right, okay. And I was like, Sharon, did you sign up to my Patreon with a podcast? For the podcast? And she's like, nah, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and I, I, you and can no longer send this person direct messages. She was like, I never even knew you had a podcast. I was like, cool. Uh, Elon Musk. Thanks, Elon. <laughs> 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 More bags. What's more bags name? I'm having a wee bit of a, a brain brain fart, mate. Me too. I feel bad for forgetting your name there. I'm so sorry. Because she's been into the podcast since she's, day she's, one. She's one of your biggest fans, I think, man. Yes. You should know her name, man. I should know her name because I've put her on the guest list for the fucking straight white whale. Annie. Yes. Sorry, Annie. Holly. Thank you very much, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And last but not least, Harry Beard. Harry Beard, who so. we, I don't think he left. No, you just said, God bless you. Um, so I, everybody that just get mentioned is a patron, and the patro Patreon's been set up for, what, three or four days, something like that, since mm -hmm. the 30th. Um, and we're already now professional podcasters. Yes, it's going towards our crippling cocaine addictions. And Uber Eats. I'm, the reason why I fucking set it up is because I'm really sick of just waiting for people to give me work, like the BBC and all that. It's clearly not going to happen, so we need to just make our own work here. Are we all right to talk about... Do you want to ask me how I'm first? 
don't want to break tradition yes. before we move on. But thank you to everybody that's paying and getting exclusive content. Yes, it genuinely means a lot, by the way. Absolutely, mate. It means Fucking a lot. brilliant, mate. Love it. So it can only get better. We're going out in location. We're going to film things out in location. The stand is the first of many, but we're open to suggestions, and we just want to have some fun, man. It's no rocket science. It's just a comedian and a therapist having a laugh together, two mates having a laugh, doing a podcast, and we can see what's happening. So, hi, how are you, Paul, and how has your week been? Well, it was my birthday yesterday. The big 4-0. Yep. Benjamin um, Button. Benjamin Button. You look about fucking nine. <laughs> Somebody asked me my age the other day, um, and I get the usual response. Oh, you, you, only, you only look about 31, 32. All right, okay. I love it. Um, but I was saying to you before we come on, this time of year makes me feel really sad. I don't... Well, I don't know what it is, but it's kind of like, you know, the time of year. It's not great. Feel it shit. I always feel it shit around my birthday, um, and this year's no exception. Do you think it's the weather? I think it's a combination of things. Um, I don't want it to get too dark, but my dad died on the first of December, so oh. that kind of puts a shadow on birthdays and my birthday's the first of November, and then Christmas. Is, so like my, my birthday's on the first of November, my dad's anniversary is the first of December, and then you get Christmas. So it's like three things. You know that, and there's like a shadow over them a wee bit. Also, when I was growing up, my birthday was like memories of birthdays and stuff like that are always kind of shite. You know, people arguing, and I don't know, like Christmas and birthdays always sparked like family turmoil for some fucking reason in my household. So yeah. there's a bit of that, and the clocks go back the Sunday before my birthday always. So the weather shifts, the mornings get dark, the nights get dark, and it's just I feel a wee bit. You know, it's passionate down the See the weather outside as a representation of my mood, put it that way. Yeah. But uh, it'll pass. Do you ever go for a sunbed? No. Do you know... Uh, the seasonal depression sort I've, of thing. I've heard a wee five, six minutes in a sunbed during this time of year can be really good for Cheers you. Cheers up, mate. The first 14 minutes of this podcast have made me feel a bit better, so... Good. And I mean that, like, you know what I mean? I was in a pure stinking mood this morning. And then I just laughed, so... Yeah. Aye, it does. Lifts your spirits. Mate, it's the highlight. It keeps me accountable. Like, coming here once a week and people messaging me about the podcast, it keeps me on my toes. If I never had this, I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd be fucking melted into the couch and I probably wouldn't be gigging and stuff, so it's been good for me as well. But, aye, treat yourself to a wee sunbed, mate. I might. I might see. Well, see how Celtic going tonight. That might cheer me up. Hi, <laughs> pumped <laughs> nine now. Doubt it. I Aye. fucking doubt it. Uh, so what's been happening in the last week? I've got a list of stuff that uh, I'd like to talk about. Um, Are we allowed to talk about the photo that you put up on Patreon? We can talk about that. Okay. Scott Squad. Mm-hmm. So Scott Squad came back for the eighth season. And it's a season eight? Yeah. Wow. I think it's the eighth season, I. I'm sure it is. Right. And it was very surreal. Cause during lockdown, Scott Squad get I got offered Scott Squad during lockdown and you know, I lost my hair and I was really big, about twenty stone, and I was very self conscious about mm. that. And it was a self-conscious to the point that I thought 
I don't think I'm going to be funny because it was just consuming my my mind. Uh-huh. So I stepped aside and I didn't do it. And then I did it this time. It's made me realise a lot of things. First and foremost, it was good fun, right? But it's made me realise that nothing is permanent in life. Like, that's been in my life for 10 years mm-hmm. and it's no coming back. That's that's the last one. Is it? Yep. What, the last... Well, we can't suppose you've been able to tell me if it's the last season of Scott Squad. Is that the last time Bobby's going to be in Scott Squad? What you just filmed? The last season. The last Scott Squad. Oh, is it? As far as I'm aware. I don't know if I'm going to get into trouble for saying this, mate, but it's not like I get regular work from... Uh, did you the, sign a non-disclosure agreement with them? Oh, well, you can say, I suppose, then that's on yeah. the end, But mean, are you doing the full season? Doing the full season... Right. It's been, it's been changed up a wee bit. It's like, normally it would be like four or five episodes, but now it's like three episodes with a bonus episode, uh, like a highlight reel, the best of. Right. So they told me, they basically told me, like, never say never. Like, nothing's, they never put, see with everything, like still game and stuff, they never fully put the nails in the coffin. They always leave it open. Mm-hmm. So they told us, like we're taking a long break, we're going to take a let a rest and stuff, but see, when you go on to the set, everybody's like, that's the last Scott Squad. So there was lots of new scenes. Uh, Officer Sharon was there with Officer Karen. I met another character, which was really nice. But it was just dead sad, mate. Like, see that wee community centre? I went down there to Mary Hill. It's a wee community centre on Mary Hill, and... It was just kind of so life is like so ruthless. Like that's been such a a mainstay in my life, right? Mm-hmm. We finished filming. It was for like nine in the morning to like half seven at night, and then when we were wrapping up, there was it's in a wee community hall, so there was a dance group waiting to get inside. Mm-hmm. So the production crew had to just wrap up the shit and leave, and there was something like just really sad about like ah. Uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's over. I never even had five minutes to like say thank you because the producer was there, the director was there who have been there since day one. Right, same right? people. Same people. I mean, when I get an audition, I get an audition when I was a trolley boy in Asda mm-hmm. and I was just like, I would have I liked a wee moment there to like say thank you uh-huh. for like changing my life. So it was just straight out the hall into a taxi up the road and I was just sitting back in the flat like, can't I believe that happened? I uh, like punch drunk for it, just like, what the fuck just happened there? Like, is that it? Is that it done? So nothing's permanent, but it also gave me a feeling of unbelievable gratitude. Like, it's changed my life. Mm-hmm. It's... It's changed my life. Like, what, what else can I say? I can, I, it's nothing but love for a TV show that's changed my life. And also the character as well. Like, I'm very grateful to play that character. Like, it's my stand-up comedy is really dark. And I, I think I'm a funny stand-up comedian, but it's very dark. To be able to play Bobby is like, I'm just grateful for it. Because, mm-hmm. like, kids love him. Old people love him and all that. And I feel like that's gave me a new chapter to my life uh 
It's a privilege, mate, isn't it? Aye. It's a privilege to get to do something like that. Even, I mean, getting paid for it, again, is an, an even bigger privilege, but even just getting the opportunity to go and, um, like you're saying, be a character and embody a character that, like, kids and old people and everybody just loves, like, the innocence of them and stuff like yeah. that. It's a real privilege, mate. And then, like I said, add on to that, that it's been life-changing and, you you know, you've... It's kind of gave you the opportunity to forge a career, really, Hunter. Like, out of it. yeah, like I know that there's a lot of gigs that I wouldn't have got if it wasn't for Scott Squad. Uh-huh. Even things like being able to get my own podcast and Panto. I would never get Panto if I wasn't in Scott Squad. So it's it's opened a lot of doors for me. There's a lot of people that would be like, aye, but it's no UK wide and it's no this, and it'd be good if you could get something like Still Game. That's what makes you mentally ill. Like, mm. I can look back at that as an old man and think a main character and a a popular character as well, by yeah, the way, and a show about the police, and I'm not even a police officer. I think I should be proud of that. Aye, mate. Do you know the amount of people that will say to me, oh, like, Bobby makes that show? Oh, Really, like, the amount of people that are like, oh, it's all, it really is kind of about that character, like, just waiting for that character to come on screen. That's more than, more than a few. That's very kind. And, you know, I know there's there's lots of characters that have had spin-offs and they're getting spin-offs and it's never been a conversation about Bobby getting a spin-off, but that's another thing that's made me sad, like... The fact that we've never even had that conversation about Bobby getting a spin-off. Uh, but I'm open-minded about it. If the offer was there, I would take it. But mm-hmm. I can look back and just be really grateful. And also, like, see, I don't feel like I've got a chance to kind of... See, you know, this industry is such a rat race. Like, people kind of play down what they get. I, I want people to know that I'm proud of that and I'm happy that I got that. See Joe Hullett? Joe Hullett works in BB uh, Channel 4 now. He's a top kind of comedy producer there. Right. He he got me that. This, that's why I'm very protective of that. Like, people talk about the industry given, you know, uh, like diversity and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was a working class trolley boy, mate, in Asda, Right. I'm dyslexic and I've never been to drama school, ever. Joe Hullett got me that addition for the comedy unit. It wasn't BBC Scotland. They always talk about giving people a chance. Joe Hullett gave me that when he was a runner. Essentially a fucking T-boy. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote that when he was a T-boy, mate. And he created that show. And then he stepped out his way and he fought my corner and, and gave me that part. Mm-hmm. So it was Joe Hullett that changed my life. I love the comedy unit and I've loved working for the BBC, but it was Joe Hillett that done it. Aye, the gratitude goes to Joe. Yes. Aye. So it's just kind of... Bittersweet. Bittersweet, man. A wee bit sad. I actually got emotional the other night. It was just, I cried a wee bit. My pal phoned us and I was like, because you can get bitter. You're like, oh, it's, it's fucking shite. It's boring. It's getting boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. But see, when you get that, piss shoot your head. Mm-hmm. You're like, nah, man, I done well. Right, man. Wee moments are like sitting with your nephew and your nephew's like, oh, I love Bobby and all that. You're like, 
Nice one. That's why. Do you regret not taking it during lockdown? No. Good. I don't. I don't. I, I genuinely feel like it was the correct decision. I love playing the character so much. Mm -hmm. I love the show so much. I might not be good at a lot of things in my life, but see, when it comes to putting on a show and making people laugh, I think I'm a perfectionist. And see, if I went up and half-assed a performance, it would really hurt me, like, to feel like I'm cheating people out of money or something like that, Aye. something along that line. Mm -hmm. So I really think if I went to do that during lockdown, it would have been very disrespectful towards my industry if I did that. I appreciate the offer, but maybe, I don't know if it's like, I think I have got some type of body dysmorphia, but I was fucked as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like people would have been like, Is, what the fuck's happened to Bobby? <laughs> so, aye. I mean, you weren't there alone with fucking putting on weight and, do you know what I mean? And, and other stuff during lockdown, but... No, like I, I like I like what you said there that you just feel like you'd be ripping people off if you weren't feeling in the right headspace to give it your all. Yeah, and it, it was something really freeing about saying no as well because I've always said yes. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh no, my agent's gonna give me into trouble. I might get blacklisted. I might not get any other work. I don't get any work anyway. The only work I get for BBC is Scott Squad, so. I'm kind of like, fuck them. Like, mm -hmm. I'm it's not going to... It's weird that they've not offered you something else. <laughs> do you know, I've had a wee occasional things like radio shows and stuff. Right. And then and then when I do it and I do well, they're like genuinely like, you were, you were actually good there. Like, oh, somebody you. been telling you something about Aye. me? <laughs> <laughs> Aye. Aye, like, fuck you guys. The Aye. surprise that you can talk on radio, like... Nobody listening to my fucking podcast. Nobody yeah. the BBC fucking subscribing to my Patreon for fuck's sake. Yeah. Firebomb the bastards. So if if Joe's listening, I really hope that's not going to get me into trouble. But somebody should have communicated with me that I shouldn't have said it. But if Joe's listening, I want to thank Joe for changing my life. It means a lot. I'd send to be the producer and the director a wee email or something or something. Oh, I am. Well, you wanted I to, to say something, you know what I mean? So you didn't get that opportunity and it made you sad. I would just, I would find out, find a way to get to them to go. By the way, I, I really felt, you know what I mean? I felt sad that I didn't get the chance to say thank you for the opportunity or whatever. Yeah. Um. Aye, man. It's class that you're back, that you were back though. Do you know what I mean? Do you know, they said something really kind to me as well, because you do get lost in the bitterness. I, I, I've worked on it. Like, COVID just fucked me. I became bitter during COVID. And, you know, you start pointing fingers at people. How come I'm not getting this? And how come they're getting that? All that shit. And I went in for a meeting. Because you start to see when you're that kind of paranoid and you've got mental health problems with COVID, I started making up shit. They're against me and all that. Mm -hmm. Like, all that shit. Then you go in and you have a lovely cup of tea and they were like... Rab said to me, he's like, I'm not saying this to blow my own horn, by the way, I'm just having a conversation, but it really touched me. He's like, Bobby, we can't replace Bobby. So when we go ahead and we make this, we're just going to remove your character. We won't be replacing him because he's irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is the ultimate kind of kindness. Do you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Imagine if you watched it and it was like Jared Butler. Hey, Officer Karen. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking Drew McIntyre. <laughs> yeah, I Drew McIntyre. Hey, how about my Uncle Jeffy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah karen hey karen um fucking no that that is a real compliment mate and that's what people have been saying you know what i mean no even just about bobby and saying oh bobby's a like um people that have i've had a couple of people that i've working relationships with or working situations with like joe hula and you know um greg hemphill's wife Julie. Julie. Nemo. Nemo Smith. Is that right? Yep. And they're both like, oh, I love working with Dan. You know what I mean? When I go, I did Dan's podcast and they'll be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I love Dan. It's not just Bobby. You know what I mean? It's you oh, as well. That's very nice. So I think that's that's a real compliment that they couldn't replace the character. That, um, that means a lot. Have you ever thought about doing like Bobby and Karen? Could they like a charity Christmas single? Or... Um, um, you and Karen could go in the schools and do like, do like talks or something. I don't know. My stage show, mate. I'm a, there was a there was nearly a stage show with Scott Squad and it fell through, just because the cast was so big and there was just so much nonsense attached to it, like trying to get everybody to do it at the same time aye, and all logistically, that. Logistically, it was just a nightmare. Aye, just so do it. I'm open for a. They were going to do it at the Clyde Auditorium. I'm, I'm amazing, mate. I'm open for it. I'm I'm doing I'm open for a spin off. Like how can you know be open for a spin off? Like I'd love to be a Bobby spin off. And uh you know Karen's been it's, it's a, a perfect mix. You should ask them if you could just start a Bobby TikTok and Aye. do like fake vlogs. Aye. But with Bobby. Aye. Or um I like shots. You ever seen like Lemmy's homemade show yeah. on BBC iPlayer where it's just him and his phone and he just makes these wee sketches, wee characters and stuff, but he doesn't actually get dressed up? Yeah. He's definitely scope for something like that, mate, because people love that character. I'd love to do that. That That's another thing that makes me sad. I'm like, because the character is so relatable to people, mm-hmm. as in silliness and funniness. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be such a sad thing to, to never do it again. So... I'm definitely open for uh, a spin-off and stuff. It, it would be good fun. But I it was uh, I never ever thought that moment would come. Like I was in Asda when I was 24 and now I'm 35. There was so much bullshit attached to that as well. Like see trying to get it off the ground, mate. There was just it's a show that's never been done before in Scotland and it's nothing like that's been done since. And then a lot of people still don't know that it's improv. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, I mean, I don't want to be too offensive to anybody. I don't, I don't mean to hurt people's feelings here. But when Scott Squad was supposed to go on the TV, um, a police officer actually died in real life. So see, on the night that Scott Squad was supposed to be on BBC Scotland, mm-hmm. a police officer um, committed suicide in a police station in Glasgow. He shot himself. Oh, wow. So it was just a whirlwind of emotions like, wow, I'm in a TV show and it's going to be on the telly. And then somebody's like, Squat Squad's just been cancelled because a police officer killed himself. 
And you're like, what? Uh, so you're like shitting yourself for this TV show to be going out pure. Oh no, the excitement. But then it's like, nah, it's not happening. Aye, so you've got mixture of things like you're devastated because it's not on the TV, mm-hmm. but you're also sad for the guy that's took his own life. Mm-hmm. So, and then plus that just doesn't happen in Scotland. When have you ever heard of something like that happening? That's just so uncommon. Aye, man. So, and then it was like, you'd, even when I did the audition, I never knew that I was getting the part for about five months, mate. Like, so just to think about, like, you're walking about a car park pushing trolleys and you're like, there's a possibility that I could be on a TV show and I've never been to drama school. Mm-hmm. It's fucking mental, mate. But it's made me a better person, I think, and it's made me a better performer and I'm very grateful for it. Can I also be honest with you? Mm-hmm. I never even filmed it last week. I just made all that up. So. <laughs> it was a fever dream. I, it got cancelled three years ago. Bo- uh, <laughs> it's like fucking Dallas. Bobby just <laughs> Bobby Ewan just came out the shower. What up? What happened there? <laughs> no, that's my coping mechanism when we talk about serious things. I just I, no, um, I made it up. No, but I I don't know when it's going to be on the telly. Um, I don't even know think about things like Christmas specials or New Year specials. I don't think that's going to happen, but. If this is breaking news, I've been told that that's the end of it. And aye. We'll see what happens then. Maybe a long hiatus. Yes. Maybe a stage show. Maybe nothing. I'm looking forward to the best of when they're going to put Bobby's best bits together. Because genuinely, over the space of 10 years, mate, it's been like, see when you see Bobby's best bits, you'll be like 20 stone. 17 stone, 14 stone, <laughs> yeah. 17 stone, Your weight fluctuates. 20 stone. <laughs> it's like depression, Aye. anxiety, depression, <laughs> like trying to spot the mental health issue that's been going on at the time. Aye. So there I we mean, go. I'm joking with that, mate, obviously. I Take, mean, uh, you, you are joking, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye. For so, fuck's sake, mate, we just get 20 minutes out of Bobby. I know, I know. We've got a list of stuff to go through. Do you know, I don't, I don't mind talking about that because it is a massive subject and I need to talk about it. Like, I would rather talk here than talk to a journalist because a journalist pick what they want for the story mm-hmm. and they'll probably try to put their own spin to it and make it a negative when it's not a negative. Yep. I love the show. I love the people involved in the show. I would love to do a, a spin-off and it's changed my life. So if anybody else is putting any other rumours about that I'm not interested and I don't want to do live shows and I don't want to do spin-offs, it's all shite. I want to do it. Anyway, aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Cool segue, bro. Aye. Um, What about them? Well, that was just one of the the bullet points, but we'll get... Remember a couple of weeks ago, I showed you the story about the Scottish UFO? Uh Uh-huh. So there's another story coming out, and it's not in Scotland. Go back to previous episodes if you want to watch it. Just put in Scottish UFO, and you'll see it. There's a documentary out in Amazon Prime right now, and it's about a sighting in Brazil and supposedly I do not know if it's true but it's on the scale of the similarity and evidence to the Scottish UFO right. so this guy is basically in Brazil back in 1996 mm-hmm. they're saying that there was a crash 
an, an alien spaceship crashed and they're saying that they've got footage of an alien. So I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I mean, it, it was really similar to the Scottish UFO one when they said it wasn't true for 20 years and it turns out it was true. So they're saying that they're going to leak this information soon, that they've actually got an alien. That they've got an alien in Brazil? Yep. Right. This was back the in 1990. Virginia, but spelt Varg, Inya, V-A-R-G-I-N-H-A. UFO incident involves a series of events in 1996 when various citizens of Virginia, Brazil, reported saying one or more strange creatures. So it's not even just like a craft. Um, and at least one identified flying object, UFO stories in the media claim that one or more extraterrestrial beings were later captured by the Brazilian military. Such reports were first broadcast on Sunday TV show Fantastico of Ray Globo. And so that's like a um, Brazilian sort of news channel. And then there was an article that went worldwide in the Wall Street Journal. So I... Pretty so funky. the Brazilian government deny any conspiracy theorist claims of hiding evidence of extraterrestrials. And there's a film and documentary, 2020, a film called 1996... It's just a Blair Witch Project style, and then there's a there's a documentary in production for Amazon Prime. Okay. Can I also quickly ask you? Can you Google the U the Scottish UFO just to remember what it's called again? Because if somebody's listening to this, it might do them nothing. I'd be like that if I was listening to a podcast. Um. Um. Bonnie Brig. Nicknamed the UFO capital of Scotland. So, aye, there's sightings. The best UFO sightings in Scotland. And, aye, there's, t there's a few, actually. But that one that you're talking about was the mad blimp thing, wasn't it? Like the yes. Photo the, that was kicking about. Um, I've got my... I, I'm sure we've... Have we spoke about this in the podcast? I've got a couple of weird fucking things that happened to me when I was younger. Tell me. Um, I used to do martial arts, and um, we used me and my cousin used to walk. So you used to have to walk down to Parkhead, Westmuir Street, to get the bus along to Bailston. And I can't remember the name of the sports centre in Bailston, the John something. It wasn't the John Wheatley. It was the John something centre. It's in, uh, it's in and um, we would go back up and get the bus down to Westmuir Street, and then walk back up to Carntine. But in between. Parkhead and Carntine back in the 90s, it was just derelict land for where the factory, the Parkhead Forge, like the steelworks used to be. Mm -hmm. And we were walking through this bit of ground that was nicknamed the Plany. I don't know why it was called the Plany, but there was like air raid shelters and stuff in it. It was like a fucking playground for Wayne's. People would take stolen motors and drive about it and all that. It was just a big bit of spare ground. Me and my cousin were walking. So there's no streetlights, there's no fuck all. Uh, and me and my cousin are walking along, and I swear. I swear to you this happened. Like, I'm no bullshitting, I'm no making this up. There was, like, a bright light, bright enough, like, the moons to, like, light the grun. So we were like, what the fuck is that? And we looked up, and it was, like, a dot that looked like it was fucking miles in the sky. Like, see the way that you would see a plane? Mm -hmm. And then it just zipped. But the, it zipped, like, across, like, three different directions. 
and the distance that the light looked like it was away from us, it must have covered like a hundred mile each jump and it left a big fucking, like the last one that it did, it disappeared, but it left a big streak across the sky and me and my cousin just looked at each other and just ran in the opposite directions. Wow. And then the next day, we used to, I'm sure I've told this on this podcast, but cousins were like, hey, fucking repeating these stupid stories. We walked, I walked along to the bus stop and I said to my cousin, like, what was that all about last night? And he was like, like, that didn't happen, man. Like, you're fucking, what you talking about? And he like, looked freaked out when I went and went, do you know, remember that? As if he's thought it was like a fucking dream or something. Wow. So, mate, I swear to you that happened. I don't know what it is, don't know if it was a UFO, but it was a dot that was so far away that it looked like a fucking aeroplane, but it sort of lit up the ground. That was how we noticed it, because we seen, like, a light on the ground, and we looked up, and it was miles away, and then it just, like, zipped across the sky and then left a big fucking streak. So, that was, aye, that was, like, a swell. You know what I mean? It's not even, like... Wage way? Man, must have been about 10. Mm-hmm. And my cousin would have been like 11 or 12 year old. Mate, I, I believe you. So it was like, we shat it, like the Perry shat herself. And then something similar happened when I was about 17. But people have said this to people and they're like, oh, right, aye. Like me and my mate had been smoking hash. And we went to the uh, garage at Cumbernauld Road in High Kill for munchies at like one in the morning. It was like a Friday into a Saturday. And just this, I was honestly going down a side street, a blinding white light. Not to the point where it could have been somebody shining a torch or like we couldn't see, the Perrys couldn't see. We like grabbed on each other to like just be like, what the fuck is going on? And then gone. And there was no, there was nobody about, there was nothing, nothing like that could explain. But it was so bright that the Perrys like we couldn't see. Mm-hmm. You've not said that in the podcast. Definitely If not. you have, then I've got right, alcohol, I'll dementia. <laughs> Alzheimer's <laughs> or whatever. So I've had two like f- weird things happen to me when I was younger that involve light and just uh, the night time and just unexplainable. Like, see, like that, they're bright lights, right, that we've got in the studio. Must have been at least a hundred or a thousand times brighter than that. Oh. It was so bright that you couldn't see in front of you. It mm-hmm. was like blinding, like a blinding light. Um, and I, the twos were just like, I, old enough to go, what the fuck just happened there? And my mate was like, I don't know, mate, I'm getting him. Yeah. And I was just like, aye, me too. God, man, that is spooky. I'm, I'm very open-minded about that, and I, I would like to believe. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I remember having a fake, I don't know if they're called, like, fake memories or false memories. Oh, a false memory. I always remember early, early childhood, I was in my brother's car and he was driving towards my mum's street and at the bottom of the hole there was a block of flats, like three, three flights of flats and above the flats I remember seeing a black triangle, it was at night time and it, it looked like a black triangle and at each corner of the triangle it had a light on it right. and I just remember saying that to my brother, what's that floating what's that floating above the flats and my brother was like what are you talking about and i was like that that that's floating above the flats uh-huh. and he's like there's nothing there and i remember vividly thinking that's a fucking spaceship but i must have been like four or five or something so my 
imagination was just fucked like wild probably and it also maybe it could have been street lamps <laughs> and it was just like a tri- like a tri- some type of triangle uh-huh. shape and i thought it looked well, like a ship but I, I remember my brother saying more than once there's nothing, there's there. nothing there what are you talking about but it's always stuck with me it's always stuck with me always remember i know i'm not going to name my cousin I feel a wee bit bad because it's a bit personal, but I won't get into too much information. It's not a UFO story. But my cousin used to stay in Sight Hill. This was before I was born. Pinkston? Yes. Up the Pinkston Flats? Aye, the ones when you go past it in a bus, you can smell shite. The Stinky Road? Aye. Aye, the Stinky River? (laughs) So he, and my my cousin is like atheist, does not believe in anything, man. Right. And he's a very closed book as well. He doesn't really show emotions. And he says he was in his flat when he was a wee guy and he was playing Heidi and he he ran into the cupboard to hide. Mm-hmm. And he said when he was in the cupboard, something grabbed him in the cupboard and he floated up off his feet in the cupboard. And he said it's just haunted him for the rest of his life. He's like, something made me float in the cupboard. He doesn't even know if it was a ghost or whatever. But anytime he tells me that, it's like total stone-faced. Like, like he's going through some shit as right, he's fucking aye. reliving it. Uh-huh. So I'm like, maybe, do you know, I think it was maybe my uncle that grabbed you? And he's like, no, it was a tiny wee cupboard that a child went into. Aye, and I was floating off float? my feet. <laughs> so there you go. This isn't doing as well for Sunday. It's... it's uh, setting us up good though <laughs> well good aye good air quotes I don't know are you expecting something to ba- bad to happen something bad to happen on Sunday well I had a dream last night that I get possessed by a demon holy fuck so I'm no um, I'm a bit like I thought about it the other day I was thinking about it the other day and I was like ah, how am I feeling about this and I was like I think I'm a wee bit scared and I was like to myself, well, that's good, because then you're taking it seriously. And I was looking up stuff where it's like, don't take the piss out of it. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't upset the spirits. And, all. and I was like, right, I'm definitely not going to do that. I'm taking it seriously. Um, But I had a dream last night that I was in here. And there was like people here having a party. It was weird. And I went through to like, Sharon's art studio and they trashed their art studio. And I was like, fuck. But then all of a sudden, we were doing something, and they were like, it was done, whatever we were. You weren't there, though. I don't remember you being there, but I was doing something with some with a group of people that are nondescript, you know, like nobody in particular. Mm-hmm. And then this woman came in and was like, well, you just doing such and such? And we were like, aye. She was like, he's possessed by a demon to me. And I was like, oh, and she went, I think it's in your heart, and like grabbed at my chest, and my, I felt like my heart shrunk. And then I was like, oh, God. She, and I was like, what did I do? And she was like, nothing you can do, man. Just go to just ride it out. Holy fuck. And I was like, right, okay. And then I left here, and I was walking down my old street, and I was like, oh, I need to get to Sharn. Everything will be all right when I get to Sharn. But when I got to my house, the the street that I grew up in was Marfield Street, and it was 149 Marfield Street, but there was 139 and 159, and they 149, and I couldn't get in, and then I woke up, and I was like, thank God. Fucking so, hell, uh, man. If I get possessed by <laughs> a demon, I don't, might be a wee just paranoid. Sign. Just paranoid, you know what I mean? 
Uh, you know, I'm kind of worried as well, mate, because we've spoke about this in the Ouija board uh, on the podcast. I've done the Ouija board before and it was scary. But also, like, if we're going to get David to give us, like, a, a one-on-one kind of reading, like, I'm worried about that shit. Like, I've, I have lost pe- people in my life and, like, you've went through that as well, like, losing people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... Imagine like he did bring up my uncle Jerry or your dad or something. Like that would be scary, I think. I I don't know if I'd be scared. No scared, but do you know what I mean? It would blow your fucking mind. Like, I think it would just blow your mind. It would freak you. You mean like, oh mate, I'm going to be freaked out. I know I'm going to be freaked out on Sunday. I've got no doubt about it. There's got to be something that happens that freaks us the fuck out, but... I'm I'm open to that. Like I I don't mind. I don't mind. if the guy talks to me and he goes, "Oh, your dad," and, and says some stuff. I don't mind that either, mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm no I'm not going to be like pure or anything like that. Might Aye. be upset. Might be upsetting. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to. I don't think I'll, I'll freak out. But I'm getting into it. I'm taking. I'm getting into it with the utmost respect for it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not getting into it. Think this will be a laugh. I'm like this is going to be fucking creepy. I think, man. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see what happens, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it as well. Lots of respect and nothing crazy. So the next podcast after that's going to be fucking mental. Also, I've not done therapy today, so I'm in a better place. Like, every time I do therapy. You're in that emotional Aye. cloud that happens. Aye. Aye. Trying to be funny. After talking about my granddad's heart exploding on my birthday. So anyway. Uh, Back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's on the list we'll get 10 minutes 10 minutes 10 more minutes James Corden stealing Ricky Gervais's joke right what do you think yeah I've seen the, uh, well I've seen the video I've not had much time to really actually reflect I'm in sort of like is, does he have like a I mean what is, what is that Saturday Night Live that he does or the late show with James Corden is it late show the late show surely that's a writer's room it Surely will be. he's no sitting down and writing his own fucking jokes for that thing. It will be. Right. So do you think that somebody... Because we live in the internet age. Surely now they know that they can't punch jokes. Somebody's going to click on it. Even Ricky said that. Ricky said something about it and then he deleted it. And he was like, there's a team of writers there. It's been a writer. I mean, it was so obvious. It was the same joke. It exact wasn't even like... Joke. Carlos Mencia where it's like oh it's the same subject matter and the punchline similar and the setup similar it's like it was a copy and paste of the same joke mm-hmm. aye what was the context according to saying that joke it was the same punchline it was so talking about people's opinions on Twitter and stuff right so is that what Ricky Gervais was talking about yeah people shout aye like when if somebody tweets something and people are like I don't like that and you're yeah. like Okay. You're not supposed to like it. Uh, no, everybody's supposed to like everything. Aye. Right, so that was the context of Gervais saying it. Uh-huh. And Corden, it was, I take it, this has got to do with the fact that he's been cancelled very recently, James yeah. Corden. Right, okay. But do, how do you feel? You're the comedian, how do you feel about that? About the joke stealing? Well, how do you, do you think it's been, do you think it, that Ricky Gervais is right? It's like a writer. It's no James Corden personally. Do you know, I'm willing to give James Corden the benefit of the doubt and say that it is a team of writers that have done it. Right. But James Corden is a comedian. Like, he's classed as a comedian. 
and he's a comedian at the top of his game. Rather, if you think he's funny or no, it doesn't matter. He's probably on ten million pound a year, Aye. doing the greatest, one of the best shows in America. Mm-hmm. I don't find him funny, but you can't take facts away from what he's doing. <clears throat> he should know. I mean, as soon as I heard that, I was like, "That's a Ricky Gervais joke." If you love comedy and you know comedy, I think you should know that. Also, for a for a show that big, there should be a process to go through it, and you should be able to know that because that's embarrassing, mate. That's so embarrassing that that, embarrassing. that went through the net and that happened. I understand there's a quick turnaround for things, but that should have been caught. Aye, mate. It's the same way, like, I don't want to slag any... There was a BBC Scotland thing. I'm not going to name him. Uh, I like him. And he did a sketch, and it was... uh, uh, Like a Monty Python sketch. So it was his sketch show, and he did a sketch. It was like, is it Monty Python? I'm going to run the sketch past you. It's like, I'm more working class than you. So I think it might be the two Ronnies, actually. It's, it's like, uh, my dad's more working class than you, and no, you're not as working class as me. Right, okay. So, I, don't, I don't know. I was thinking Harry Enfield or something like that. Like, but No, but I get the... I think it might be Monty Python, actually. It's so, it's so popular, right? And this guy did his own version on his own BBC Scotland show, and everybody was like, that's a fucking John Cleese sketch. Right. And he was like... I'm only like in my twenties, and how the fuck am I supposed to know? And you're like, mate, you're a comedian. Ah, uh, you're into comedy. I mean, I don't, I don't even like <clears throat> Monty Python. Ah, uh, you know. Aye. Mm-hmm. And John Cleese, and how do you know know that? Do you know what I mean? If you say that you love comedy, I really hope he's not listening to this. But I, um, I don't like James Corden, uh, but I see where Ricky is coming for, for that angle. Right. Why did they delete? What do you think? Why did they delete the tweet? Somebody asked him, and he, and Ricky was like, "I felt sorry for him." He felt sorry for James Corden. Aye. Why? He's. I mean, he he has a cunt, right? But he's getting absolutely slaughtered. Like the last Aye. couple of months, he's getting slaughtered. I think he man. deserves it, mate. He's a total sellout, man. Like, yes. I think James Corden kind of deserves a bit of slaughtering. Take him down a peg or two. I've heard he's a bad person, mate. Like, see have the writer's s- stuff. He- have you seen the clip of him with, jo- with Patrick Stewart? Aye. Where he's getting out the award to Patrick Stewart and he pretty much just totally, like, takes on an acting legend. Do you know what I mean? It's like, pipe down, mate. You were fucking smithing Gavin and Stacey, you <laughs> fucking prick. See when fucking he's- Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Aye. He'll get, you- he'll get his phaser out and fucking blast it. No, but it is like, I think sometimes... No matter how you feel about individuals, right? You're in, like, I've met people of, like, Scottish, who undoubtedly would be regarded as like, Scottish comedy legends, and they're not nice people when you meet them. Mm-hmm. And then the camera goes on, and, you know, the sort of the act begins, and you're like, right, okay. Privately, I will drag them if people are like, oh, such and such. I'll be like, ah, pff, they're a prick. But on mic, no, like, they. There's like, I don't know, I just feel like you need to respect them because mm-hmm. they've, they've achieved so much. You just be like, whatever, you can have your own personal opinion of these people yeah. and you'll have your run-ins, especially if you're in the industry. But I think publicly, 
you need to just kind of show respect to people like Patrick Stewart and that. And Patrick Aye. Stewart wasn't he? He was trying to have like a laugh, and you could see on Corden's face that he was like upset mm-hmm. and decided to have a go at him. So I think he might be a bit yeah. But yeah, bam. Aye, because there was this writer's strike in America when the writers wanted better pay. And right. supposedly James Corden was against it and stuff. Oh, great. But then, you know, he had a partner at the start, that guy. Uh, what's his name again? Remember, it was like a double act. The two of them together. You talk about the dude that's in Gavin and Stacey? Aye. Aye, um, I know who you're talking about, aye. Aye, so they, they did this kind of this is your life thing with Pierce Morgan and that guy refused to go on. Because he says James Corden was they a They fell out. You remember, did they know they like something lesbian vampire hunters? And then they did like a sketch show and it bombed. Yeah. And I think James Corden, I think if I remember rightly, I think they kind of blamed each other mm-hmm. for it not going particularly well rather than, you know, realising that it's kind of both your faults. Like if, if you, you know, like if we, we hit record and there's a shite podcast... I'm not going to be like, that's Darren's fault. It's like both our faults. We're both involved and we're both doing it. Yeah. And I bet you anymore. I remember, I think, watching something where they fucking loved that movie until it came out. <laughs> and then people yeah. were like, that's shit. Yeah. But maybe the expectation's too high, especially when you, because Gavin and Stacey was like a cultural moment. Sometimes like TV shows and movies, they transcend the art that they, that they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they have a moment where they just sort of strike a chord. Uh-huh. We've got the right people in the right place, like Nessa and Gavin's Ma and his dad. Like they were the right actors in the right role. And I think people like James Corden start to think, "Oh, that was me. I did that." And it's like you did a big bit of it, and you deserve praise because Gavin and Stacey's amazing. But you don't. I don't know if it would be as good without the people that were around you. Sometimes that magic just comes together and just happens. Yeah. And you can't really take praise for it because it just happens. Um and I I think I think he I think he acknowledges when I watched some I think I watched that Pierce Morgan thing he acknowledges that he was a bit of a prick I think he got a bit cokey yeah a bit bevyish you know taking too much drink too much coke and started to think that he was amazing but mate I've got no idea how he went to America and made it not a fucking clue yeah it's it's the ultimate it's the ultimate example of the good guys don't win man he's but then it always comes back and it bites him in the arse. So he'll end up sitting in his castle one day with his ten million pounds in his bank and he'll probably have no mates. It comes back to haunt you. Mm-hmm. But I joke stealing in my industry is the ultimate sin, mate. It's very hard to pull yourself it, back. I to think that. That I I think that it is for sure. And I think that the reason for that being this is like for instance, like people steal music all the time. There's only 12 notes and all that, you know, there's only so much music and, mm. you know, fucking the Beatles did pretty much all it, you know, any chord progression or whatever, so you get you get that type of thing, but it's protected, so if you write a piece of music and somebody rips it off, yeah, then you can claim it back, so any financial reward that exists for stealing that music goes back to the rightful owner, the uh-huh. person that came up and wrote that music, but with comedy, that doesn't... There's no, like, that's my joke and I should be getting royalties, which yeah. I find weird. It's weird, mate. I mean, I see it now. I've, I've been in this industry for years and I've seen, like, compels that go up and just steal jokes. But they've they've got such a high opinion of themselves. 
like they think they're so good and they're they're just like they're no a Frankie Boyle and they're no a Kevin Bridges uh-huh. like they're just like this play-doh of comedians just put together I mean I've been I've sat in a green room before and I remember we were talking about a film and then the compare went up and he was doing a bit on it and you're like you always own your cunt like do I need to actually start watching what I'm what saying what I say in front of you so there's hundreds of people like that and you always think how the fuck did you steal a living but when you first started you you look up to them uh-huh. you're like have you seen the, the any of the podcast episodes with Carlos Mencia around about the time when it was all coming out I mean I know it came out years ago but it really came out during lockdown like the people really talking about it the Bobby Lieban and he did Tiger Belly and I got the feeling like he felt entitled to that work because he was taking jokes for like lesser lower down comedians and he was like a nationally regarded comedian and they think that well that's never going to go anywhere you know what I mean like I think that's how he, it sounded like that's how he sort of quantified it in his mind well these comedians are never going to go anywhere they're just open spots and and I like that bit so I'm going to rewrite that bit but better and then and it's like you can't do that you're not allowed to do that man you can't just lift just because that's never a joke that you don't think that that guy's going to make it on a national scale so you should be able to just then you're treating your open spots like your fucking your writers yeah which is not fair at all I don't think man I always remember there was a comedian, I won't name him, he was going to be the next big thing, and he get cancelled for being a fucking beast, right? Right. See towards... you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about? Talking about. See towards the end, when uh-huh. his world started crumbling apart, he was stealing jokes, but he started stealing people's personas. So, like, when people were watching him, they were like, he's acting like... Uh-huh. Des Clark, uh-huh. he's acting like Frankie Boyle. Uh-huh. He's no saying their jokes, but he's, he's mimicking mimic. the persona. He's, a, he's mimicking the act. But I remember because he was about to hit the big time, right? Big time, and I remember standing in the stand comedy club one night watching him. Obviously, seething with fucking rage, hating him because <laughs> he was about to make it. because he was ripping people off. Everything. I beef. Both. Right, okay. <laughs> but he was up on stage, right? Now, I know that you can steal jokes, but he started doing a joke about shiting in a kettle at a party, which is, can you guess? No. Kevin Bridges. Right, okay. One of Kevin Bridges' most famous fucking jokes. Now, see, when he started doing this, that joke, me and a bunch of comedians, even fucking punters and all that, were like, ah, what? Like, mental. So, sometimes it's blatant, Sometimes it's, you know, subtle, subtle, but it's mental. Anyway, we have done an hour. Yeah. What's the next move now? What do we do? Is this for... We wrap. We wrap, Mm -hmm. and then it's stuff for the patron? Yeah. Right, so... But you can tell I'm no used to this yet. (laughs) You just wrap the podcast. Right, so this is... We finished this podcast, and that's for... And then we'll, we'll start... Filming right. for Patreon. So this episode's for normal smelly punters that don't want to pay. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, Trips, that was a really good conversation there, by the way. Thank you, mate. I've got a list of notes there that we never even went through. Oh, fuck's sake. That was just a natural conversation. Thank you very much, Paul. fucking amazing. Yes. Show. 
Happy birthday to Paul. Thank you very much to everyone that listened. As always, I know there's a lot of people that listen to this every week because you message me and you tell me and I've no seen your reviews. So do me a favour. Give a wee five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or see if you're in a WhatsApp group with the troops. Can you share it and spread the word? It's going amazing. We appreciate your help and thank you very much. We'll see you next week. God bless. Fuck James Gordon. Hey.